We're talking to Cameron Brate, uh, who, who was part of this amazing celebration and caught the trophy yesterday when Tom Brady threw it. In all, Cameron, what was that day like, and how cool was it to celebrate the way that you did? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I, I don't know how uh, we could ever go back to doing a regular parade. The boat parade uh, adds a whole new element. Um, you know, I didn't know Tampa had that many people that lived in town. It was amazing just the amount of support we had. Uh, all the people on boats uh, lined up on the side of the river. Um, I think I said it probably 100 times yesterday, but I'm pretty sure it was the best day of my life. Yeah, I can't imagine how, how you would top that unless you guys go do it again next year, which seems to be the theme Sunday night and Wednesday. I don't know. And listen, everyone says we're going to win it next year. I mean, that's kind of par for the course. Uh, Cameron, I don't know that I've ever heard a team as confident as yours. Like, I mean, alcohol or no alcohol, that you're going to win it again next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we have Tom Brady, um, there's just so much belief. Uh, you know, um, adding him to our team this year, we knew we were really talented before. Uh, we just kind of always found ways to lose games, but just Adding him, his presence, his leadership uh, just did so much for us as a team. And shoot, why not? We're going to try to try to do it again next year. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, man? Welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com locked on and you will receive 20% off your next order. I am James Yarko joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we are doing over at bucksnation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at locked on bucks at J Yarko underscore bucks at D Harrison 82 and at bucks underscore nation shout out NFL network for the audio to kick off this episode. And uh, David, fun fact, my wife finds Andrew Siciliano to be completely and undeniably adorable. Um, adorable is acceptable. Anything beyond that might be a little weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, Andrew Siciliano is her favorite of the football talking heads that we see on TV, and she thinks he's just absolutely adorable, and I find it to be funny. But, yeah, it is what it is. I'll take it. Uh, but yeah, that was a great interview with Cameron Braid. I actually tweeted out from the Bucks Nation account a screenshot of that interview because they put up the stat leads NFL in Lombardi Trophy receptions, and I thought that was uh, that was pretty fantastic. But we're gonna go ahead and wrap up the Super Bowl week that was on this episode. But first, David. Uh, I want all of our listeners to go back and listen. You had a really great concept. I told you when we recorded Wednesday's episode, I was like, hey, you know, I have this idea if you need it for your show tomorrow. And you said, nope, I got it. I got it. I got it. That was a fantastic concept. I never would have thought of that. Going around to the other shows, seeing what other locked on hosts were saying about the Buccaneers Super Bowl victory, checking in with the Chiefs host to see what their reaction was. It was great. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought, you know, you did a fantastic job of digging up some great quotes. Uh, Another one that I wouldn't have thought of would have been Bo Brock. And Bo Brock, host of Locked On Cardinals, we had him on 
when the Buccaneers hired Bruce Arians. So to hear kind of how excited he was for, for BA to win his Super Bowl as a head coach, that was a great touch. So yeah, kudos to you, sir. For anyone that has not heard that ultimate Super Bowl crossover that these other hosts did not know they were crossing over onto, make sure you go back and check out yesterday's episode. Yeah, it's funny that you say that. I was actually texting back and forth with Ross Jackson, the host of the Locked On Saints podcast, because he's also our NFL channel coordinator. So we were texting back and forth about some network business. And uh, I mentioned, I said, oh, by the way, you're a guest on the show tomorrow uh, from your episode that dropped on Monday. So thanks for that. And he just kind of laughed and said, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it's not easy uh, being the heavy lifter on this show. You know what I mean? For Locked On Books. But I mean, I do it. I do it proudly. And I do it. I do it because I love it. So you're welcome, James, uh, for my genius and my creativity. Um, and, and, and I accept your, your praise and adulation for, for my genius. Well, in, and I know you jokingly say heavy lifter, but you truly are. You, you edit, uh, you know, three out of the five episodes a week. And, and the, one of the ones that I edit is my solo episode. And yeah, you, you are the heavy lifter here. I just show up and speak into a microphone when you tell me to, and thus here we are. That's uh, not true, but we're not going to get into it. We're not going to get into a compliment <laughs> competition until we have some news uh, pertaining to one TB12. So let's get into that. Yeah, yeah, we do. A couple of things that came out uh, on Thursday. Tom Brady, he's a quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not sure if all of you were aware of that, but Tom Brady, many of you may have noticed during the boat parade celebration that he was wearing a compression sleeve on his knee. And that wasn't to help him walk, which he needed additional assistance to do. We'll get into that later. But it's actually because he's going to have a minor procedure on that knee. This was the same one where he tore his ACL back in 2010. And uh, according to Bruce Arians, this coming also coming from an article from the Tampa Bay Times, is that uh, Brady will need a minor surgical procedure for what Bruce Arians called a quote-unquote cleanup sometime during the offseason. Yeah, he didn't miss any games. He didn't miss any practices outside of his scheduled Veterans Days off. And, you know, nothing serious, nothing major, you know, shouldn't take much of a recovery time at all. But it is something that we do need to mention uh, just because you never know. You never know. They'll get in there and say, "Ooh, maybe we we do need to clean. We need to clean up a little bit more than we thought. So, yeah, minor procedure coming for Brady's knee here in the uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah. And I mean, of course, you know, you never want to hear your quarterback is going under the knife, but it's it is kind of part of the business. And, and Tom Brady is. Uh, well-known, well-documented for how he takes care of his body and, and how much control he has over uh, his fitness regimen and making sure he's ready to go for the season. So if, if he's signing off on it, then it's, one, necessary, and two, it's a smart thing to do. And, uh, you know, nothing 100% official, but the early talk uh, coming out of the NFLPA apparently is that you're probably not going to have mini camps, OTAs, all that stuff uh, for the 2021 season, just like we did last year, unless there's a drastic shift in what's going on with covid uh, so, you know, he's got plenty of time. You, you figure he's got till the end of July, if not even a little bit later, depending on if they decide to do a late start or a condensed training camp again. So, uh, plenty of time for him to recover. You know, it, it probably isn't a big deal, except that it is your quarterback and it's your, uh, soon to be 44 year old quarterback as well. Yeah. Well, and then one other thing to note, you know, Buccaneers players have been making the rounds, uh, on media as far as television and radio appearances you had. Um, yeah, Devin White was on Good Morning Football. You had Sean Murphy Bunting and Scotty Miller both on the Pat McAfee show. You had Shaq Barrett on literally every sports talk radio station you could find. 
And uh, the the big message, and it was being pushed across, you know, during the celebration, everything is that Shaq wants to be back. The Buccaneers want him to be back. They feel like they're going to get the deal done. He said that he feels like it's time for him to break the bank when he was on Adam Shine's uh, Shine on Sports on Mad Dog Radio there on Sirius XM. And he does feel that there's there's a middle ground that they can reach. But the the emphasis all day long on all of his appearances, you know, regardless of him wanting to break the bank and really find his opportunity to get paid, is that he wants to stay in Tampa Bay. He's happy with the Buccaneers. He and his family are happy living in Tampa. The Buccaneers want to bring him back. So there is a deal there to be reached. It's just a matter of hammering out the X's and O's. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's good to know that a player, especially an impactful player on your defense, your Super Bowl defense, wants to come back. And it's good to know that the franchise obviously wants him back. B.A., uh, be going as bold as you just say that you're coming back. So those are all encouraging things, of course. Uh, but, you you know, at the end of the day, the business part of it is going to take over. The the agents are going to sit down with the general managers and they're going to see what they can hammer out uh, and see if they can come to a middle ground. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to see what happens with Shaq either way. I'm, I'm happy for all of his success. Hopefully, of course, uh, we get to talk about him next year because he's wearing pewter, not a different color, facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, but, James, speaking of middle ground, uh, sometimes you just you just want a snack. You want something sweet. Maybe it's dessert. Maybe it's a, a break at work and you just need kind of an energy boost. But the problem with all that, right, is, of course, they're completely unhealthy. There is a middle ground, and that is with our good friends over at Built Bar com and they've just released a delicious perhaps their best bar yet all the hosts received uh, a, a preview box if you want to call it that because they are because of the partnership we have with them they sent all of us a box ahead of the release so that we get a try uh, of the new bar and, and listen if you if you guys took advantage of the cookie dough chunk built bar which i know i did and it's amazing then you're probably going to love the coconut brownie chunk which just released it's dark chocolate it's coconut it's got real brownie chunks in it it just doesn't get any better than that it's a limited time flavor so make sure you get it today because it's going to be gone soon and once it's gone who knows when it's going to come back all you gotta do is go to builtbar.com remember to use the promo code locked on for your 20% off of your order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on for 20% off your next order of the best tasting protein bar you will ever taste. My name is Joe. I live in Sarasota. I was born and raised in Tampa. I went to the first ever Bucks home game in 1976. Pardon my voice, it's still a little hoarse from being at the game in the stadium. I went to the first ever playoff game where we beat the Eagles 24-17 to in 1979. I think I was 12 years old when I went there, and then I was at the Super Bowl this last Sunday night. I don't know how big of a universe that group of people is that have been to those three games, but I'm one of them. Unbelievable night. The greatest moment in NFL history for any one team. John Lynch goes into the Hall of Fame on Saturday night. The Bucks win the Super Bowl in their home stadium on Sunday night. The stadium was electric. It was unbelievable. Everybody was there. Nobody was a stranger. We were all hugging and high-fiving with masks on, socially distanced. Don't judge me. It was an incredible night. I don't know how anything else could top it. Of course, I'll watch all the rest of the games in my life, but I don't know how they top this. Maybe going 17-0 or 19-0 next year, maybe that's the way they top it. I don't know. But what a great night. Unbelievable for this lifelong Bucks fan that was the – air for the first game when Steve Spurrier was our starting quarterback. Anyway, thanks for all you do, guys. Love the podcast. Go Bucks. 
get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. Segment two here of the Locked On Bucks podcast. David, that was a phenomenal voicemail. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. It would be very difficult to follow up something like that. I mean, that's it, he might be in a club all by himself to go to all three of those games. Yeah. But we do have one more voicemail that we are going to go ahead and jump into and see if they can live up to our first one. <laughs> yeah, Joe, that was that was a very cool voicemail. I mean, the, the history of this team that you've seen and witnessed with your own eyes is, is absolutely amazing. Appreciate you calling in. And James, before we play the voicemail, I do want to premise this a little bit. If you did miss uh, yesterday's episode, again, you know, we, we highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. There's a lot of good stuff in there. But also, I mentioned in there that we're going to hold off on our thoughts about the boat parade, the Super Bowl boat parade, until James was back because I knew that James would want to talk about it. So I don't want two episodes of boat parade. So we'll do it here. I uh, solicited voicemails from you guys. Not surprisingly, we didn't get a whole lot. You guys are kind of busy celebrating Super Bowl victories, and, and, we're, and we're all for it. But we did get one from our good buddy, Tyler in Boston, who, of course, is, is very, very familiar with one Mr. Tom Brady, just as, as we all are. Uh, so we did get a voicemail from him that we're going to play right now. What's up, boys? Todd from Boston. Um, just calling in because of the, you know, yesterday I watched the great, um, the great boat parade, and I thought that was just so much fun to stream. I really wish I could have been there. Um, I hope I hope a lot of your listeners uh, were able to make it down there because man, that looked like one hell of a party. That was that was really cool to see. And you know, it got me thinking too because I've um, you know living up here, I've I've been to a Red Sox. World Series parade. I'm not a Red Sox fan. I'm not a Patriots fan either. But I've been to one of their parades. I, you know, naturally I have some friends um, that are fans of those teams, and I've and I've gone to those events with them because, you know, you, you go with the you know the mindset of you know are we ever going to get to this point? And maybe it's uh, you know it's fuel to your fan fire. You know, it's like man, someday we'll win a World Series. Someday we'll win a another Super Bowl. So, um, man, duck boats are cool, but nothing looked as fun as that boat parade. And I mean. I, I just think, you know, COVID times, no, non-COVID times, I think boat parades are just so uniquely Florida or at minimum so uniquely Tampa Bay. And I hope that becomes a tradition. That just looks so much fun. I mean, nothing looks cooler than, you know, when the Lightning won Alex Kilgore and hoisting that, that Stanley Cup above his sea dew. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I know there might be some comments about, Tom tossing a 10 yard pass to Cameron Bright, uh, Lombardi trophy over the ocean or over the, uh, you know, over the river. But, um, you know, it, from, from the outside looking in, I mean, it just looked like so much fun. And I can almost guarantee you everybody else is looking on just with, uh, <laughs> maybe envy, maybe, uh, you know, jealousy, whatever. I don't know. It, and I mean, that's natural. You want to get to that point. You want to be able to have that much fun. And, but, you know, the boys deserve it. They had a hell of a season, and, you know, I uh, I just just wanted to share with you guys. I just had a ton of fun watching it. Go Bucks. Tyler, appreciate the call, and, yeah, it's going to be a long time before the Red Sox get another parade because Haim Bloom, the GM of the Red Sox that came from the Rays, I'm convinced is a double agent and is doing everything he can to torpedo the Red Sox chances of ever winning another game again. But that's for a different podcast. We're here to talk about happy things, happy <laughs> thoughts, boat parades. Yay! Preview of the Locked On Red Sox podcast right there. Yeah, they don't want me as a guest right now. Anyway, um, yeah, I actually tweeted out, 
from I was tweeting from the Bucks Nation account throughout the parade, and I I simply said, you know, is it is it now a fact that the city of Tampa has perfected celebratory parades because you just can't top a boat parade? And somebody who doesn't even follow the account saw a retweet or a like or or whatever it was. They somehow saw the tweet. They were like, oh, Boston has the duck boats. Nice try. Even Tom Brady said that the duck boats weren't that cool because it's freezing cold. You know, what the Buccaneers and what the Lightning did with their boat parades, like that's the new standard. Cam Brate in that interview that that we played the clip of to open the episode, even he said, I don't know how we could ever go back to a normal parade. The boat parade is just way too much fun. You know, with the lightning, you saw Alex Kalorn and, and Steven Stamkos flying around on jet skis, holding the Stanley Cup above their head while doing it. Like it was just, it was so much fun to watch. It was awesome. Sean Murphy bunting on Pat McAfee show on, on Thursday said, look, none of us have been going out all year long. Like this, this was really a chance for us to not just celebrate a championship, but to really let loose because we have been so focused. We've been cooped up. We haven't been, you know, living our normal lives at all. And so it really allowed us to just kind of come unglued and just have an absolutely great time. Uh, of course, McAfee asked Scotty Miller about dropping Chris Godwin's phone into the river, uh, which shout out Verizon. They overnighted Chris Godwin a phone and the FedEx guy when Godwin signed for it said, try not to drop this one in the water. But the big story, David, and I want to get your reaction to it was, as it's been all year, Tom Brady. Tom Brady yesterday became as relatable of a human being to all of us normal people as he has ever been. We've seen throughout the year that, you know, he's kind of let his personality shine through getting out from under the thumb of the Patriot way and Bill Belichick and all those things, but watching him have to be guided from the boat over to the celebratory stage where he didn't even make his speech, didn't even go onto the stage. That was as relatable of, of a moment as we've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, that just kind of goes back to kind of what we, I mean, we've been talking about it on and off all year. And then especially after the, the Super Bowl, I mean, Tom Brady looks like he's having more fun playing football right now than maybe he ever has. Uh, I don't want to say in his life because I haven't seen his entire life, but you know what I mean? In his professional career, I mean, obviously the, the early years and winning with the Patriots are obviously super exciting and, and all that stuff because it's new and it's fresh and he's up and coming six rounder, you know, uh, breaking all the doubters and all that stuff. But Right now, I mean, you know, he he broke free kind of of the Patriot way, and we kind of heard Bruce Arians kind of allude to that kind of stuff. And Tom Brady's playing football the way he wants to play football, and he's still being successful in doing it. And that's kind of the most amazing part about this. And then you just see kind of the stress melting off of guys like Levante David and Mike Evans, even and Dominic and Sue, you know what I mean, who who have these long careers and, and have struggled and, and had to, you know, climb, you know, hands and feet both at the same time, try to get up the mountain. And then you see the excitement coming from young guys like Sean Murphy Bunsing and Devin White who were barely – scratching the service on their NFL careers uh, doing this whole thing. But I do want to get in real quick before we have to move on to segment three that, uh, yeah, boat parades are the goat of celebratory parades. I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't care. Where, like, if, if the Denver Broncos win a Super Bowl, uh, the Denver Broncos better figure out a way to do a canoe or a whitewater rafting parade on the Colorado because <laughs> that is the new standard. I was in Denver uh, when they went back-to-back Super Bowls in the 90s, and so I, I'm telling you right now, boat parades are better than any other and. You know, obviously, states like Colorado, you're not going to be able to do that. But so they, they are. It is what it is. But I mean, yeah, when when Tampa wins 
the Stanley Cup again this year, and when he's win the Super Bowl again next year, we better see more boat parades, COVID or no COVID. Let's just make it happen. Yeah, and uh, shout out to our friends over at 10 Tampa Bay for their coverage. Of course, Bruce Arians' potty mouth, followed by Jason Light's potty mouth, got them pulled off of the TV airwaves, but 10 Tampa Bay stuck with them uh, in uh, over on their YouTube stream, and they did a great job of covering the parade and the celebration and everything. So I wanted to give them a shout out. I watched their coverage, and it was it was really fantastic. Now that the uh, the football season ov- is over, though, we were kind of left, you know, what are we going to do with ourselves? Well, I can tell you one thing you can do with yourself, and that is to, uh, you know, start watching some other sports. You got the NBA, you got college basketball, you got the NHL, you got the MLB starting in a few weeks, unless you're a Red Sox fan because High and Bloom wants to torpedo everything. And you can head over to our friends at betonline.ag and get yourself a few more wins and keep riding this championship feeling. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when using promo code locked on. Again, promo code locked on, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. If you're like me, your 2021 has been filled with obviously a fresh start, but then some more wins as I've been betting and winning with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you've been betting with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you might also be undefeated, but if you want to continue your win streak or get more wins, if you haven't been betting on the right teams, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're going to be picking college basketball, NBA locks, all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. James, it's time to wrap up the year, wrap up the season. Uh, It's been a fun week celebrating Super Bowl victory, but it is the end of the year. And the Buccaneers are officially into the offseason, of course, probably not doing any real work until probably Monday, maybe even Tuesday, depending on how much time they allow themselves to take off of work. Uh, so we're going to wrap up our year's coverage and and start next week. We're into the offseason as well. We got the draft is coming up sooner than everybody uh, can anticipate. Free agency is coming up. Some key guys that need to be re-signed. Uh, but let's 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 kick off or let's finish this year uh, with a little bit of fun. And I want to start that by diving into our plays of the year we're each going to pick a defensive play of the year and an offensive play of the year then we're going to get into a team mvp discussion rookie of the year most important pending free agent for the tampa bay buccaneers before we get out of today's episode wrap up the week and i'll start it off with my defensive play of the year which didn't make a huge splash in the stat box it didn't make a splash in the stat box but i think really it's a play of the year for me because it it emphasizes the importance of key players, the importance of of what they do from a versatility standpoint. And to me, it really kind of sparked the emergence of the dominant defense that we saw play against Kansas City Chiefs. And here is my defensive play of the year. Good protection, Rodgers slides, and now time runs out. All right, James, so of course you recognize that play. Buccaneers fans probably recognize that play. That is the first sack of the NFC Championship game against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. 
Why is it so impactful? Because it's the very first play, the very first snap that Vita Vea took since he injured his ankle against Chicago Bears in week five. And like I said, the return of Vita Vea really unlocked this Buccaneers defense, really unlocked the full arsenal of what Todd Bowles could do with his weapons on that side of the ball. And I think without Vita Vea, we don't see as dominant a performance against Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So that right there for me is the defensive play of the year. I love that. I love that pick. And uh, it actually helps me because I was waffling between two offensive plays of the year, and that's the direction I'm going now. And it helps me make my decision because I don't want to double up on that game. Hint, hint. We're going to rewind the clock back to November, and the Buccaneers are coming off of a, a pretty rough loss. And we saw a certain Buccaneers player do something that we haven't seen a whole lot of players in the NFL ever do before. Ball spotted right on the chalk, near side hash at the two-yard line. Tom Brady at quarterback has Ronald Jones, the second. Rojo stands about four yards in the end zone, maybe five yards of the end zone. In motion, Chris Godwin. Brady, hard count, hands the ball off. Rojo pops it free. Out across the 10 to the 15-20. Rojo to the 30. Rojo to the 40. Rojo to the 50. Rojo to the 40. Rojo to the 30. High seven to the 20. It'll be a 98-yard touchdown run by Ronald Jones, the second. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. So that is my offensive play of the year. Shout out to my son Beckett who uh who threw that idea out there. That was his favorite as well. Um it was just a phenomenal play. It it really started to put Rojo in a in a different light for a lot of Buccaneers fans and it was you know it was so rare, something that we probably won't see again for for quite a while. I realize it's low hanging fruit, but hey, it deserves the uh, the nod. I mean, hey, li- listen, when you're when you're watching the Buccaneers, I mean, that's that's something you don't see a lot of his 98 yard runs. It kind of took me back in that moment to the Michael Spurlock punt return for a touchdown. I mean, it wasn't quite as historic, you know what I mean, for the franchise. But I mean, it was it's a pretty big deal. And we've all been waiting for Rojo to have one of those signature runs for a long time. Uh, you know, my, my heart kind of goes out to him for getting injured there late in the season and and all that, because I feel like if he didn't have that injury, he probably would have been a bigger part of the playoff run. But hey. He's a Super Bowl champ, you know, nonetheless, and I'm sure he's just as happy uh, with the way that things went down as everybody else. Uh, so good offensive play of the year from you there, James. My offensive play of the year is, again, going to be one that's very familiar, one that's a little bit sentimental. We've talked about a little bit covering these guys, watching these guys go through the struggles that they've gone through to finally reach the mountaintop. And there's one player among that, that list that's been, you know, just as impactful, just as important to the Buccaneers throughout the losing seasons, throughout uh, the missed opportunities. And ultimately, he came down with two things this season that his idol, Randy Moss, has never been able to accomplish, was never able to accomplish himself in his career. And that, of course, is it's number 13. Get down in 10 bucks move left to right. We head toward the south end zone. Ronald Jones is the running back, and he's on the right hip of Brady. Shotgun set, three receivers left. And here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady underneath, caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons. And what a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. All right, so that, of course, was Gene Deckerhoff of the Buccaneers Radio Network calling Mike Evans catch putting him over 1,000 yards for the seventh straight season. First NFL wide receiver in history to have seven straight 1,000-yard receiving seasons to start a career surpassing his idol, Randy Moss. And then, of course, later gets Super Bowl championship, which, unfortunately for Randy, he was never able to get. 
Uh, so that's my offensive play of the year. Again, more of a sentimental offensive play of the year, right? But it's important and, and good to see Mike and, of course, guys like Levante, Will Golson, all those guys finally making it to the peak of NFL talent. Uh, again, I, I love that pick. I love both of your picks, honestly. Um, and it's funny, David, we both go regular season with our offensive plays of the year. We're both going postseason with our defensive plays of the year. Uh, I had talked about it about a month ago now that we could look back on that New Orleans Saints game as the 2020 version of the Philadelphia Eagles. They had to get that monkey off of their back. And what really sealed it for the Buccaneers was this big play. Buccaneers defense, four-man front, dropping Breeze. Breeze dropping as the pass. Oh, it's intercepted. Picked off by Devin White to the 40. Shoves a guy out of his way. Inside the 30, Devin White down the sideline. And the Bucs have the ball. We're in business deep in Saints territory. So that, of course, uh, was Devin White intercepting Drew Brees in that divisional round game and really just solidifying what the outcome was going to be. The Buccaneers were going to go on to defeat a bitter rival and uh, overcome the, the difficulties that they faced against them in the regular season. David, it is time to move on to our team MVPs. You got the uh, the first choice of play of the year, so I get to go first on the team MVP. And I'm about to double up again. Look, my team MVP, and, and the stipulation was not named Tom Brady. We all know how important Tom Brady was to this team and to this franchise for the 2020 season, so we are not including Brady in these. My team MVP was number 45. Devin White played so phenomenally all year long. Snubbed for the Pro Bowl, snubbed for an all-pro selection. All he did was have nine sacks, multiple takeaways, led the NFL in, in tackles by an inside linebacker. He was every bit the top five pick that, you know, the Buccaneers made him. He has lived up to the expectations. He has lived up to the hype, and he's... Honestly, I agree with what he said about himself on Good Morning Football. He's like, I believe I am the number one linebacker in the NFL. No disrespect to these other guys, including his own teammate, Levante David. He believes he is the best. I have no reason to question him. He is absolutely the best linebacker in football today. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of people would agree, and that's a good, solid pick. Of course, a name that entered my mind as well. Uh, I'm going to go a little unconventional, which I know you guys are all really surprised about that. I'm going to go a different angle with this. And listen, my team MVP... <laughs> is Ryan Jensen, all right? And, and, and here's the thing. The center quarterback relationship, you guys know, is huge, right? And this center with this new quarterback, they had some offseason workouts, some private workouts that they got a little criticism for and all that stuff, but a truncated training camp, no preseason games to get live reps against live defenses, all that stuff. Yes, he was good for kind of an offline shotgun snap here and there, you know what I mean? But none of those turned out to be super disastrous, so we'll kind of let him slide on that for a little bit. But look, not only that, Helping make calls, helping get the line set with a rookie starting right tackle, protecting a future Hall of Fame quarterback, helped Tristan Wirfs, I'm sure, get up to speed. And then through the postseason run, playing with a backup right guard playing next to him, still able to help pick up that slack. We saw him make some really good blocks, some really good plays during the postseason run, really helped pick that offensive lineup. And then go back to the regular season, James, when Ali Marpet missed some games with that concussion. You know, the first game, they went with a different left guard and all that stuff. But then in a, and after that, what they do, they shifted Ryan to another position, to a left guard position that he hadn't played on this Buccaneers offensive line, that he hadn't played all season. Yes, he's had some experience there, but shifted in and there, came up clutch for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, allowing them to kind of survive. You know what I mean? Didn't do as well as obviously as you want him to, but survive that stretch without Ali Marpet. 
keep their playoff chances alive, keep their playoff positioning alive. Uh, he just he he did a little he did a little bit of everything except for throw the ball, catch the ball, and play left tackle. So for me, Ryan Jensen, if it's not Tom Brady, I know it's not the biggest name. I'm going Ryan Jensen for my team MVP. I like it. I like it. And I, at this point, I've come to expect you to be non-conventional on on some of these. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a fantastic pick, and I'm glad you didn't punish him for the uh, the high snap in the Super Bowl that almost resulted in a turnover. Yeah. Like I said, no harm, no foul, right? So we're going to move on from there. Uh, and we're talking rookie of the year. And really, I mean, there's only two candidates, right? So if I say one, you're going to say the other. So where I want to go with this conversation real quick uh, as we get towards the end of this episode is which of these two? So we could have the same answer. Obviously, it's either Tristan Wirfs or it's Antoine Winfield Jr., right? So obviously, we can have either one. James, I'm going to go with Tristan Wirfs. And it's okay if you double dip, but I'm going to go with Tristan Wirfs. And real quick, I'm going to tell you why. And it's, again, because he's a right tackle on the NFL team replacing a starting right tackle. Yeah, he's a first-round draft pick. But he's protecting literally the best quarterback to ever play this football game, the most accomplished quarterback to ever play this football, to play football. Again, the no preseason. Again, the truncated training camp, having to kind of learn on the fly. I mean, his first live rep in the NFL was a live rep. It counted against the New Orleans Saints and against one of the better pass rushers in the National Football League, Cam Jordan. And then you go through the list of guys. Remember Darrell Revis used to put up gloves of, of wide receivers that he had shut down. If Tristan Wirfs wanted to go through and, and put up gloves of pass rushers that he shut down in his first year in the NFL, he would have a, a an almost a Hall of Fame caliber wall of pass rushers that he absolutely stifled in his rookie season. So for me, as much as I love Antoine Winfield Jr., Tristan Wirfs, just a hair above, just a hair better, more impactful for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team in his rookie year. I can't disagree with any of that. However, um, there is only one answer, and it's Antoine Winfield Jr. In fact, they should strip Chase Young of his defensive rookie of the year and give it to Antoine Winfield Jr. strictly for giving Tyreek Hill the deuces. Um, that solidified it for me. Tristan Morris is fantastic, but um, you know, I I gotta go. I gotta go with Antoine Winfield Jr. Yeah, I mean. I, I I would have I would definitely appreciate. It. I think that picture needs to go in Canton. To be honest with you, head over to BucksNation.com. We have a link to buy the T-shirt that was made by I believe I don't want to. Oh, Smack Apparel. It was made by Smack Apparel, local Tampa company. They actually have the T-shirt of Winfield giving Hill the deuces. Um, yeah, you need to buy that. With that, David, we are out of here. Look, if you're going to be missing football this weekend, uh, NFL Network starting at nine o'clock Saturday morning. It's nothing but Buccaneers all day on Saturday. Then uh, Sunday at nine o'clock at night, they have the Super Bowl mic'd up. That should be a, that should be a great watch. But yeah, Buccaneers football all day Saturday on NFL Network to help get you through some of these, um, some of these dull periods now, because David, come Monday, we're turning the clock. We're heading into the off season and we're going to start talking free agency because that's what we do on this show. Until then, check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Thank you to Joe and Tyler for your voicemails. It is much appreciated. We love each and every one of you. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other.